Hello, everyone out there. This is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much again for tuning in. I say that every time, but it is greatly appreciated, especially if you're a new listener out there. Uh, everyone here at Tea Time Reports greatly appreciates your support and obviously, you know, the, the fact you're giving us some of your time. In this particular episode, we're going to be covering the Detroit Lions Week 11 win over the Chicago Bears going into Week 12, uh, the Thanksgiving game against the Green Bay Packers. So we have uh, we have a, a tasty, if you will, episode ahead of us. A lot to talk about with this last game in Week 11. Uh, it was something I genuinely had a gut feeling of, but like I was scared to admit it to maybe even myself. Um, this was one hell of a game. If you watched it through and through, then you know why I'm saying that. This game was a hard-fought game. Chicago Bears genuinely looked like the Lions of the past two years. Gritty, hard-nosed, came to play, but just couldn't finish. Um, And that's kind of just been the Bears for a while. Justin Fields, whenever he's in, he just does great things. In this game, he was 16-23, 169 passing yards, one touchdown. Did have the fumble at the end of the game, though. That was not really crucial. The game was essentially done, if you look at the timing and where they were on the field, as well as you take a look at who's on their sideline coaching. I don't trust a 30-second comeback with Matt Eberflus as the head coach, who has yet to win a divisional game. Uh, Justin Fields was also the leading rusher for his team, 18 carries, 104 yards. DJ Moore, their leading receiver, 7 catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. DJ Moore had a phenomenal game, making our defensive backs look silly. Uh, There's a reason why he has a damn near perfect passer rating um, when thrown to. His quarterbacks, whoever it is, have a perfect passer rating when throwing it to him. Um, With around 4 minutes left on the clock... There was a 98.2% chance the Chicago Bears were going to win this game. Rightfully so. Jared Goff had three interceptions in the first three quarters. The first one, there was a miscommunication with Sam Laporta. Second one was a bad ball. Uh, his his read was read beautifully by, I think that was TJ Edwards. And then the third pick was a tipped ball, the line of scrimmage. And then he turned it on. When needed, Jared Goff came back in, and I think in the final two drives, he was 10 of 11, 119-ish yards, and a touchdown. He was perfect. Ice cold. Poise. Calm and collected. And that's the type of quarterback and play you need out of your quarterback so that he doesn't let those bad moments phase him. Being down three turnovers in a game and winning has never been done before, and this team did it with Jared Goff at helm. He played the worst game possibly of his professional career. And still wound up coming back, making the throws, getting Jamison Williams involved, getting that touchdown throw to Amon Ross St. Brown to get them back in the game, getting the run game involved, taking helm of the offense calmly like we're so used to seeing. He was scared and jittery, not scared, but he was jittery, you know, he was trying to make things happen in the first half especially, and they just weren't there. Uh, Jared Goff finished the game 23 of 35, 236 passing yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. David Montgomery had a very nice revenge game, 12 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown. The game-winning touchdown uh, against his former squad. Amon Ross St. Brown, eight catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown. He is just a sure-handed, producing receiver. I mean, he, he really is something special. A guy I think genuinely should be in the top five, maybe top three conversation at the end of the season. Uh, Jameer Gibbs had six catches in this game for 59 yards. Uh, he also rushed the ball eight times for 36 yards and a touchdown. Um, I think he has a touchdown in the last five games. He's been phenomenal. Um, 
Jamison Williams, two catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones did not do anything in his debut. Josh Reynolds had a catch. Uh, Sam Laporta had three catches. Um, guys on the defensive side of the ball that stood out to me. Uh, Alex Anzalone, 11 solo tackles, 15 total tackles in this game. He was all over the place. Derek Barnes was very nice as well. Brian Branch was our best defensive player of this game. He was all over the place. He did let two big penalties come on him. Uh, that sounded so bad. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, either way, moving on. Uh, the illegal contact, the five-yard penalty to, I, I think, further on a Chicago Bear drive really hurt. But, I mean, he had six total tackles, three TFLs, one pass deflection, and a QB hit in this game. He was all over the place making plays left and right. He was a for sure, like, steal in the draft. He should have been a first-round draft pick, like, for sure. Um, Aiden Hutchinson had six total tackles. Uh a sack, and then a QB hit with a forced fumble. Um, Cameron Sutton had a decent physical game. Jerry Jacobs had a really bad game. Jerry Jacobs had a really, really bad game. Um, blown coverages left and right. Separation. He just I don't know what happened, man. Like This is a guy that is really good for us most of the time, and then you know, when the spotlight's low-key on him against the number one receiver, it's just really, it's not going to turn out good. Josh Pascal had a decent game, five total tackles and a TFL. It's good to see him getting back and healthy. Malcolm Rodriguez was in on defense, but he was also in at fullback and tight end on offense, so I thought that was a really awesome thing to notate. Um, Aline McNeil and John Kaminsky both had really nice games. Uh, Quinton Bohana, a guy that had his debut with us for, uh, for the D-tackle position, Coming off of the Dallas Cowboys practice squad, I believe, has been outstanding um, in his debut. I mean, he showed out. Two total tackles, a TFL, and then I believe he had two two or three pressures, but he was really, he was really good um, in his debut. Riley Patterson and Jack Fox, obviously our special teams, you know, kind of clear cut and very, very solid in general. Um, I would like to just overall shout out Justin Fields. I don't know if his future is in Chicago. I really don't. I can't safely say that. I don't think anyone can, not even himself. But I think he is a starting quarterback somewhere in this league. Um, Hopefully to a place where they actually value and and show they value and care about his attributes and his athleticism, giving him proper pieces to work with and play around and build off of. And in this scheme with these coaches and this front office, I have no hope. Um, everyone should have been told to go home, but not on the team flight for the Bears. They should not have lost this game by any fucking means. Uh, me and Brandon actually watched this game together. We were taking shots every time something good happened for either of our teams. And let's just say it was a very, very damn near finished bottle of Crown Apple. So just saying that. <laughs> Hopefully Deontay Foreman gets better for the Bears. Khalil Herbert had a decent... You know, little production game, 16 carries, not not showing it with the yardage. Um, but, you know, at least they're trying to alleviate some stress off fields, but he still ran the ball 18 times. I, he sacked twice. And I just I just feel bad for, for Justin Fields. I would also like to shout out former USFL champion for the Birmingham Stallions, Demarcus Gates, linebacker. He did fumble. Uh, he didn't fumble. He recovered a fumble on special teams, which was pretty awesome to see. Um, 
Demarcus Gates out there. Shout out to him. Tremaine Edmonds, uh, TJ Edwards, the linebacking core for the Bears played the best game of the season. They really made looks confusing, really played well in zone coverage, um, and obviously did enough to get those three picks, but it just wasn't enough because their offense couldn't execute and finish the game. They didn't actually turn any of their uh, turnovers into points, any of the picks, so that really hurt them as well. And it's going to be one of those things where they really need to move forward and forget about this game. And, you know, hopefully, uh, it doesn't look like they're going to fire Matt Eberflus, but hopefully he will get fired. Any Bears fans out there listening into this. But as a, Lions, as a Lions fan and any Lions fan out there, any Detroit native or anyone out there in Detroit or Michigan watching the Detroit Lions play this way, this is my third year being a Lions fan. I was immediately a fan watching Goff, you know, take helm of a new journey. Um, and, you know, going through that 3-13 in one year sucked. Then the 9-8, and eight, I was like, okay, okay. And then now this. This is something I, I'm special. I, I'm not special, but I'm glad that this is a special group. Excuse my tongue-tied uh, sentences here. But I'm glad that this group is showing how special they are with Dan Campbell, a guy that no one believed in after his opening press conference. I'm glad everyone on this team on the staff, in this front office, is shutting everyone's mouth and putting in the work. Amon Ross St. Brown, let me, for, for reference, has been the leading receiver one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the games, and he's missed, he missed one game. Josh Reynolds is the, the receiving leader in the other three of those games. We also have a backfield where we have so many different options. David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, Craig Reynolds, guys that can step up and show up and produce. We have a great rush attack. We have a dynamic passing attack that's built off of play action and taking those deep shots with our elite route running receivers and overall trying to get those bigger completion averages is what I tend to see Ben Johnson's offense doing. But everything opens up in the middle of the field for this offense, and once it does, then it's game over. You're not stopping it. We saw them march down and score 17 unanswered points in less than four minutes against the Bears. Like, what else do you need? What other proof do you need? This is the second best team in the NFC. I can't wait till they play the Cowboys later on in the season. But as of right now, I think based on the the schedule, the the opponents they've played against, the Lions have had a tougher schedule, more adversity, and honestly, I think they have a better coach. So, you know, that's I'm going to get into the Dallas game when, you know, when that comes into it in week 17, but for week 12. This is going to be a game at 12:30 p.m. on Thursday, Thanksgiving. So, huh, this is going to be a big game. It really is, because Jordan Love has been trending down. But our pass defense and defense as a whole has also been trending down. We're playing at Ford. We should be able to seal the deal and get the sweep on Green Bay for the season. But I feel the same way about this game as I did going into the Chicago game. we got to be careful. We have to be careful. Make sure we're playing the same pattern, the same formula, the same recipe. Not directly the same and absolutely the same. But let's stick to the grassroots and bare roots of what makes this team successful. Long sustained drives, utilize the play action pass, 
definitely heavily run the ball, especially inside zone runs and get Jameer to the outside if possible. You know, short little flat routes and, you know, those deep over-the-middle crossing routes with Amon Ra. Stick to that on offense. Get Laporta involved. Is that for sure safety valve? But for defense, we need our defense well-rested. Not on the field a lot, obviously. But we need our offense to eat time of possession for this team to mend at its maximum ability. We need to dominate time of possession in the remainder of these games. And we could genuinely maybe win out. I, I, I'm i looking at the schedule and I don't see many teams that I'm scared of outside of obviously these little trap games in the division. So Green Bay and Chicago exclude them. Then we play Minnesota twice, week 16 and then 18. We have to win at least one of those games. We have to go out and genuinely win. I mean, we're, all, we're already doing very well in terms of standings, but we'd like to win at least out of the next 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, Six, seven games, we'd like to win five. That's the goal. That should be the goal. Obviously, win them all would be beautiful, but I think in terms of like realism, that's where it'll stand. Green Bay, we should win. New Orleans, we should win. Chicago and Chicago, after doing what we just did in that comeback, we should win. Denver, we should win. Minnesota, at Minnesota, might be tight. At Dallas the next week might be a little bit of a tough one. And then, you know, we finish it off at Ford Field against Minnesota, which I'm going to give that a dub. At Ford Field, we just don't seem to lose. Um, Obviously, that Seattle game in overtime hurt, but, you know. Getting forward into this Green Bay game, though, on Thanksgiving, this is a team that's really struggled. Um, Let me just go into their stats here. Real fast, they're four and six. Jordan Love, uh, their their leading rusher is AJ Dillon with four hundred five yards. Um, receiving yard leader is Jalen Reed, the rookie who I have on my fantasy team, but he's been on my bench actually because I'm I, you know I don't know why I would start him over like Chris Olave and stuff, but I haven't obviously. But just saying. It's going to be interesting because it looks like their defense is pretty solid against the pass, but it's genuinely lackluster against the run, which that's the best part about the Detroit Lions offense is that we don't heavily rely on one facet or aspect of offense. We don't. In fact, we genuinely spread out the ball probably as good as you know, the elite teams in the league, like the 49ers and the Eagles, I genuinely believe that our offensive scheme is capable of genuinely molding into something that those particular clubs are able to achieve and pull off in a weekly basis. And if we're able to, you know, use this Green Bay game as a catalyst to get Jamison Williams up to speed, get our defense back on track, create pressures, because our D-line is not showing up like they should with the talent that we have. John Kaminsky shows out and overachieves, absolutely. Aline McNeil is having a very, very good season, the best of his career. Aiden Hutchinson is having a phenomenal sophomore season as well. Josh Pascal has struggled to stay healthy. Bohana, debut, looks good. Isaiah Bugs struggling with health and honestly not performing to the best of his ability. We need those guys, especially in the interior, to start developing that rush, that pass rush. We discovered that pass rush late last year with James Houston, who will be returning. But I genuinely believe that we need those pieces like James Houston and even C.J. Gardner-Johnson 
back on defense so that we can actually, you know, see what we have. Because we haven't seen our defense at 100% at all this year. Emmanuel Mosley tears the same ACL he tore last year in his debut with us. That's a shame. It's, it's a damn shame. And I'm excited for him to recover and come back and get ready for next season. I hope he's ready. I hope he's 100%. I hope he's ready to go. Because him, Cam Sutton, because Emmanuel Mosley was not supposed to obviously be out this long. He's supposed to come back, be healthy, be 100%, take over that cornerback one position while Cam Sutton goes to cornerback two. And then we have Jerry Jacobs, we have Brian Branch, we have Kirby Joseph, we have Tracy Walker to spread around in the safety positions and that cornerback and nickel corner. But our whole lineup got switched around due to the Emmanuel Mosley letdown in a sense. And it's been a struggle to not only contain the pass attack, especially from the Bears, but from other teams as well, like the Seahawks, like the Ravens. We can't let these exposures bite us in the ass in the playoffs because we're going to be playing a Minnesota team. We're going to be playing a Cowboys team where they're going to be trying to expose that flaw. And that's a big one. And it all starts up front with the pressure, with the pressure, with the pass rush. We're not getting to the quarterback fast enough or often enough to create that, you know, off-balance throw that's going to create that pick. You know, we need more turnovers, and it genuinely all starts up front in the trenches. And and to a certain point, if Green Bay puts up the same amount of points that the Bears put up on us, we have reason and cause for concern because our defense is turning into what they were the past two years. They're not getting better. In fact, they're regressing. But if they actually are able to shut out Green Bay, I'm going to see, okay, Aaron Glenn is making adjustments. He's making those those little detailed switches. He's in the film room. He's communicating with his other coaches and staff members. He's working around the issues and the, the little holes we have in our defense, but he's actually trying to adjust it. I have not seen that the past three weeks, and that's going to be a little scary going into this game. Looking at Green Bay's offensive stats, I'm really not too worried. They're a fairly balanced team um, in terms of like they're a very competitive team still. 20.2 offensive points per game, or actually total points per game, excuse me, and they only allow 20.2. Total points, 202, and 202 points allowed. Total touchdowns, 23, 20 allowed on them. First downs, 183, 198 allowed on them. So you, you see what I'm saying? Very similar stat lines. Their pass attack is really rough with Jordan Love at helm. Um... 10 picks, that's just not good. But you got to look a little deeper than that. We can go into some individual stat lines here. A.J. Dillon is their leading rusher. Aaron Jones is, I think, is out for the season. So their rush attack just took a huge hit. Their O-line has already been suspect. I really do believe that our defense should have a good rebound game against the Packers, especially at Ford. Um... I don't know what the point spread is for this game, but let me see if I can find it. Um, Let me see. Okay, bear with me, folks. Lions, Packers, spread. Hopefully the clicks are nice. Um, I'm a big, oddly enough, ASMR fan, so sorry for that little off track there. But the Lions are actually... Favored um, money line by negative 125, Packers plus 105, over under 45.5. I don't know if I would take that bet, but that's really up to you. 
I would stay away from the over-under. I would just genuinely do some of the parlay bets with some of the players. If David Montgomery, he's getting over 70 yards again in this game. Jameer might even do the same. But I do believe Goff is due for a bounce-back game at Ford Field. Um, He silenced the boos and came back and won the game essentially with his poise and determination to not let the team nor the city down. And, you know, I think he's going to come out slinging the rock. I think Jameson Williams, like I was saying, I think on last week's Detroit Lions episode where I was kind of going over the mid, you know, mid-season type of conversation, Jameson Williams is due for a big game. I think he's getting better slowly but surely. He's understanding the run scheme. He's understanding the blocking scheme, the games, ins and outs, more and more week by week. And this was a prime example of this this past week against the Bears. And I think that, that he needs to carry that over into this upcoming game because he has all the attributes in the world to be an elite wide receiver, especially for Jared Goff. And I think once these guys get on the same page, it's going to be something beautiful to watch. It really is. Because this, that, that speed when the play action pass that Goff's so good at, I mean, gosh, man, you got you to gotta really just enjoy it and hope that it comes in this game against the Packers on Thanksgiving, especially since this is such a historic rivalry, and they always play on Thanksgiving, it seems. But now this year, it's you know kind of a different vibe. Uh, the, the Lions are definitely the, the front runner in the division, and the Packers kind of have to look up at them. First time in a long time, if not ever, that the, the Packers and Packers fans are saying that. So it's pretty cool and a cool storyline shifter, if you will. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, going into this game against the Packers on Thanksgiving, it's going to be incredibly important, important to sustainably eat up the clock, run the ball, but more often than not, we're going to need to silence this team most likely, they're going to probably come out fighting. It's a Matt LaFleur coach team. Um, he's a good coach. They just don't have the, the roster or the offense this year. They're still very young, trying to develop their younger players, get Jordan Love, you know, comfortable. I just don't know if he's the answer. In all honesty, when we break his play down this year, it's been very subpar, if not lackluster. Uh, the rush attack hasn't been there, and the row line hasn't been healthy. And they don't really have many good receivers. But, you know, from a guy that was sitting behind Aaron Rodgers and so hyped up for so long, I am completely let down and don't really have hope for him. But that's neither here nor there. I think they have a guy on that roster that could play quarterback a lot better than what we've been seeing. His name's Alex fucking Magoo. So shout out to the two-time USFL champion, Alex Magoo. Um, Now, but in all seriousness, if we're able to contain the run, Pick off Jordan Love once or twice. I think we'll we'll come away with a pretty handed win uh, over the Packers. But like I said before, it could go a scarier way where it's a tight win again. Which, if that's the case, you should be a little concerned as a Lions fan. Like I, you know, I genuinely am a little concerned about that defense. We're not creating pressure and we're not really clamping down in the back end. Tracy Walker and excuse me, Tracy Walker and Kirby Joseph are phenomenal. Jack Campbell, Alex Anzalone, Malcolm Rodriguez, and Derek Barnes, great linebacking core. But we need the front four and those those corners to really step it up. That's what we need in this game. They need a confidence-boosting, kind of dominant performance. And this is the game where they can get that at Ford Field on Thanksgiving, on a historical day, against a historical opponent. Lock it down, show up, and shut them up. That's what needs to happen. Um... 
really thought it was interesting that two quarterbacks in Week 11 threw three picks and still won the game. C.J. Stroud and Jared Goff. And people tearing Jared for throwing the three picks and still putting C.J. above him in the power rankings and the, the tier list for quarterbacks, I feel like that's bullshit. Because he still won the game. He still won him the game. C.J. won them the game. I don't think that the interceptions for guys, and especially if C.J. and Jared Goff's caliber, should be too heavily notated, especially if they win the game. Especially if you didn't watch the game and see the fashion they won it in, you can't talk. You can look at the stat sheet all you want. Oh, look at that. Or the, the highlights. And it doesn't it doesn't explain anything about it. It doesn't explain the context, the situation, the down and distance, the the vibe, the tempo, the momentum, everything. If you're not watching the game live, then you really can't talk. And that's what I hate about the national media's perspectives on some of the NFL storylines and game recaps and coverage in general is that they're so analytical and robotic about how they review it. They're like, oh, three picks. Awful. Awful, awful, awful performance. Oh my God, that's awful. But he won the game. He won the game. And everyone on Twitter, you know, a couple of people were shitting on Goff, but, you know, I had to defend him here and there because I'm like, did you not watch the game? Like, y'all were probably there, you know, in Ford Field watching that and you're still tweeting shit about him when he just won the game like that. Fucking south of the Bay Area in Tampa. Like, <laughs> and I see that shit, bro. And I, I just, I thought it was, I thought it was the story of Goff in one game. You know, not, seriously, I'm going to, I can keep talking about it. A guy that doesn't have all the measurables or attributes, great arm, can make any kind of throw with his accuracy and his pocket ability and awareness, but not an athlete like that, not like a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes type athlete, comes out, has a horrific start, horrific start to this game. Fans are booing. You know what he said? You know what he says to himself probably on the sideline? I gotta fucking lock in. I'm done. And he does. And they win the fucking game. 17 points in less than four minutes. Jared Goff's 16th game-winning drive in um in his career. He got his 15th last week against the uh the Chargers. So it was pretty awesome to see him actually starting to execute and win these games with this team because they weren't doing it in his first year there. They weren't doing it in the first half of last year. And now it's cool to see the consistency with this team. I think this quality of a team is going to be here to stay in Detroit. Not here to stay in Detroit. Like I'm not I'm not physically in Detroit. Maybe I maybe I am. Who knows? I'm kidding. But um I think Detroit, y'all are gonna have a good fucking football team for years to come. You gotta sign Goff, sign to a five year five year deal. Just do it. Two ten, forty five million a year. Just steal. And lock him down. Because you, you want a guy like this for a long time. You can continue to build depth in the trenches, which we still clearly need another pass rusher or interior defensive lineman. We definitely could use a corner. Uh, we definitely could use maybe a guard, a right guard or a left guard. Uh, we definitely could maybe even use a, an, a wide receiver one or two. I mean, we could use other pieces and luxury pieces you can't get if you have to worry about a quarterback. And the Lions don't have to worry about a quarterback for a long time, in my opinion. Um, and this was one of those games where it kind of showed how the team really mended well together and fought till the very end for Dan Campbell. And uh, I got to give him props. I think Dan Campbell up to this point, um, November 21st, no, uh, like I said, November 21st, 2023, I believe Dan Campbell should be coach of the year. And maybe he will, maybe he won't. But to this current point, at this point in time, he definitely deserves it. So that's just my thoughts. And 
my score prediction for the Thanksgiving game for the Lions is going to be I'm going to go 28 to 13 Lions. I think we win this pretty well uh, and in a good fashion in a sense because I you know I don't think the Packers are anywhere near the Lions in terms of roster, talent, or even quality of play. Coaching, yes, but I think Jared Goff is a far superior quarterback than Jordan Love. I think that the Detroit Lions have far better running backs, have a far better tight end group, have a far better O-line, honestly better receivers, a better offense in entirety. Defensively, similar. They have exposures and flaws here and there. But for, for, for the most part, I think the Lions have the better talent and more talent and more depth. But the Green Bay Packers defense, they, they protect the short pass well. They don't give up the, the, the long ball much, but they cannot stop the run. If you look at their rush defense, it is fucking horrid. So we should genuinely have a field day with Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, and even Craig Reynolds probably getting some time in. Because I'd like to see David Montgomery and Jameer maybe to start getting a little bit less touches here and there, you know, just for attrition and um, stamina purposes because we do want to save some of this steam for the playoffs, uh, make sure these guys are 100% ready to go. But, um, yeah, hopefully everyone enjoyed my defense, uh, <laughs> my defense, my Detroit Lions um post-week 11 coverage episode. If you guys want more coverage on the NFL in general, or the Bears, the Bucks, the Eagles, or the Lions, some more posts and stuff like that, we do have little highlight reels for each of those clubs on our Instagram at Tea Time Reports, and we heavily are prevalent on NFL coverage on our X slash Twitter account at Tea Time Reports. Make sure you follow us on those accounts, threads, TikTok, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and even check out our website, teatimereports.com. The expansion of this podcast is just going to keep going and keep going. And we appreciate everyone that's along for the ride. This is Trevor and really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to Tea Time Reports. Take care. Peace.